you think about it, it's kind of coincidence that we have this pandemic calls for racial justice in the year of 2020. And if you think about, you know, 2020, it's hindsight, it's perfect vision, it's clarity. Welcome to You Should Write a Book About That. I'm Kim O'Hara, a book coach with a story inside, and I'm interviewing fascinating people from all walks of life with a story to tell. Do these folks have a best-selling book in them? Stick around and find out. Gerard Gibbons, president of SMB and U.S. Marketing for UPS, led the interview with Magic Johnson for the Be Unstoppable webinar series. With such a presence, I thought at first he was a professional commentator. I quickly discovered his title and that he had been with UPS for 30 years, and I knew I needed to hear more of his story. If you're like me, one of the high points of the workday in COVID has been seeing that brown UPS truck. And today, we're going to talk about customer loyalty and his longevity with UPS. Thank you for your valuable time today, Gerard. Thank you, Kim. It's great to be here. What was the idea behind the Be Unstoppable webinar series with Magic, who I understand you idolized as a kid growing up in Inglewood? So, you know, Magic is an icon, uh, both in sports and in business. And and he's someone that I grew up watching play basketball. You know, I grew up in Inglewood, California, about 10 minutes from where the Los Angeles Lakers play. And as, as much as I love what Magic did on the basketball court, I'm more impressed with what he's done post-basketball in business. And so as, as we were navigating through the pandemic, we were trying to find ways that we could help inspire small business customers at needed guidance, advice, support, uh, information on how they should pivot their businesses to stay relevant and manage through some really tough times. And so we thought, who better than Magic Johnson based on how he made a pivot from the NBA into business and then how he transformed you know, business in the urban city and some of the perceptions around doing business in the urban city. And so uh, we were lucky enough to uh, have Magic agree to do that with us, and uh, and it was a big success. It was the largest uh, audience we've had for a Be Unstoppable webinar this year. So uh, I was excited to do it. It was a uh, it was a career highlight for me, to be quite honest. Congratulations on that, and it was very inspiring to hear what someone like him went through when building his own enterprises. And you're also very passionate about the customer experience and how UPS listens. I really picked up on that word and acts on customer feedback. What are some of the core or common stories that customers share as their needs? So they're they're vast. Um, and really, it depends on the industry that the customer's in. So whether it's healthcare and the need to have prescription medication, life-saving medication delivered um, through a cold chain, cold chain process through the supply chain into hospitals, or if it's uh, an industrial manufacturer that needs to have a part delivered um, for uh, to keep us um, a, a factory running, uh, or 
if it's a if it's a retail customer. So so across the board, it, it really varies by uh, customer type. But the one thing that we find that that all customers on the transportation side look for is speed and reliability. And when you think about speed and reliability in the logistics business, no one better than uh, than UPS. And so we've made some significant investments this year to accelerate our time in transit. Uh, improve our reliability and make sure that we are giving our customers what they need to be successful in the market. That's amazing. And I actually have an experience in COVID where I had a foosball table delivered for my kids and it showed up on an unmarked truck from a shipping company somewhere here, uh, you know, on the South side of Los Angeles, broken open. Uh, there wasn't anywhere to actually sign. There wasn't any accountability. And I called that company and I said, unless you're going to bring me back that product with UPS, I'm not interested in doing business with you. So, you know, I, I get it. Like we want our, I want, you know, we want, and I'm, you know, this is not life-saving medicine, but you know, for kids that are bored during COVID, a foosball table almost is, let me tell you. Um, you started in the nineties as a package car driver. And I, you know, I was in New York in the early nineties and we used pay phones and bike messengers were fresh on the scene. Paint a picture of what delivering packages was like then. Uh, it was a lot different than it is today, and, and it's it's amazing how much technology has evolved over that period of time. So I, I actually started in 1989, right after I graduated from college, and um, it was wasn't the job I, I I thought I would I would get right out of school, but it was a great place to learn about the business, uh, learn about UPS customers, learn about our operations and methods, and and so. At that time, when I started, we actually used to use um, paper delivery records. So you'd have to record on a piece of paper every delivery to every location where you delivered a package. And then, obviously, you'd have somebody sign for the package. Well, you can imagine what that might be like on a rainy day. <laughs> and uh, you step out of the package car, and you know, it's raining, and and your, your clipboard with the... Uh, the, uh, the, the the paper gets wet and damp. It was a bit of a challenge, and so you know, over time, obviously, we've made significant investments in technology with what we now call the Diag board, which is a uh, an electronic way to capture the delivery information and the signature, which also gives us real time tracking information. So, at any given point in time, our customers know where their package is, and uh, the technology has even advanced far enough now where we have a, uh, a technology called follow my driver. So you can see where that driver is in route uh, when making the delivery. So a lot has changed uh, in the time that I've been at UPS. And uh, we continue to invest in technology that takes out the friction and uh, allows our customers to, uh, to work uh, better and easier with uh, UPS. I love that. And people are like, paper and pen? What's that? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> a lot exactly. has changed for our generation, I have to say, very quickly. And a lot of my listeners are in sort of that they're, you know, 38 right now, 38 to 52. And we've been through all those changes, you know, and it's been rapid, you know, from from the pen and paper to where we are now tracking drivers as they're going around. And it's been really wonderful and empowering to see. And you came from a mom, actually, who 
was from New York who had a small business that used UPS. And I love the tidbit of TV nostalgia that your stepdad was on Sanford and Son, a, a show that many of us loved. And both were really hard workers. You know, being from Inglewood, and I'm not putting down Inglewood, but being from sort of the South Central area, was there any influence to get involved with the wrong people? And where did you get guided to the right direction? Oh, uh, yeah, it would have been very easy to uh, to fall into um, a path that, that would not have had a positive outcome. And so, you know, every day I uh, I had a, I had a little part-time job cleaning up a travel agency in our neighborhood. And, uh, and so I, I get off the bus and you can picture this. I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm fairly well-dressed with probably a pair of corduroy pants, white shirt, and, uh, maybe a sweater because I went to private school and there was a, a dress code. And so I, but I took uh, public transportation to get to, uh, to get to school. And so every day I'd, uh, I get off the bus and I walk past, you know, this group of, of guys that for lack of a better word were, were, you know, in gangs. Mm. And so, and I knew a couple of them because we played basketball together growing up and, and they kind of fallen into, uh, into, you know, maybe the wrong path. And, um, so anyway, so I, I see these guys and, and they were, you know, doing things that, uh, probably were not the most productive. And I could have easily fallen into that that uh, that path or, or trap. And I remember one day in particular, I was walking past these guys, and and uh, one of them called me over, and I could sense that something bad was going to happen. And one of the guys that I knew was like, "Hey, man, don't come over here. Go on about your business." And he was kind of a leader of that group. And uh, and so I went, you know, went into my place of work and did my job and came back out and. From that point forward, I never had any issues because I think those guys saw that, you know, I was focused on a different path, on a different trajectory. And, and you know, a big part of it, too, was my parents um, and my mother and father. They were not going to let me fall into any trouble. So they provided a lot of guidance along the way as I was growing up. And uh, they were you know, positive role models. They were engaged in, in the things that I was doing uh, in school and, and extracurricular. And they provided the foundation and the guidance and the support to uh, to make sure that I graduated from high school and then I went on to college. And that's an amazing story. And, and thank you for telling that. And not only did you go on to college, you ended up ascending at UPS and enjoying uh, places like the Olympics in Sydney and China and London. What was that like when you found yourself at those places? Did you have to pinch yourself? I did. I, I really did. I, I couldn't believe it. I said, you know, look at this young, skinny kid that grew up in Inglewood, California, that is, is now here in Sydney, Australia, with the, uh, the C-suite executives of UPS and other Fortune 500 companies, Olympic athletes. Uh, because UPS was a sponsor of the Olympics at the time. And so that afforded me the opportunity to, uh, to travel to Australia and then later to, uh, China and then later to, uh, to London. So I, I had the, uh, the opportunity to, to have that experience. And, and every time, 
I'm, I'm there pinching myself like I can't believe this young skinny kid that grew up in Inglewood, <laughs> California, surrounded in uh, in an environment that had you know both positive and some you know negative influences. But I made it through, and now I'm here. And um, and so yes, it was uh, definitely uh, a go go you know pinch yourself moment each each one of those uh, those times. And you know one other time too, I had an opportunity to uh, to play golf in scotland with customers from ups and a guy that i worked with was um and who i came up through the company with uh, who also grew up in a very similar environment um but in the state of georgia and uh and he was um assigned to uh to work in in london and so he and i were both there with a group of customers from ups we're both like i i can't believe that we are here in Scotland playing golf. And, and we would joke about the fact that if, uh, if someone would have asked us 20 years ago or told us, Hey, 20 years, you're going to be in Scotland playing golf with UPS customers. We, we would have both been like, Hey, we're Scotland. Before we continue, let me ask you something. Do you want to get naked with your story, but you're scared? Well, you've been listening to all these amazing guests that I have on my show bear their soul and tell their stories. And some of them have even written books. Now it might be your turn. With five ways to get naked with your story, I provide a safe and quick solution that really will only take about 30 minutes of your time to work through some of your story in a new way. I promise you, it'll be fun, it'll be easy, and you will have moments of enlightenment. So go to a storyinside.com backslash naked to get started and know I'm here for you. And now back to our amazing guests. You know, you have been voted twice by Black Enterprise Magazine as one of the most powerful executives in America. You don't sound like a guy at all who lets anything go to his head. And we talk about writing books on this show. And I know you mentioned you don't write. But, you know, you have so much knowledge to share with younger people looking to rise the ranks in corporate America or even people now that are are seeing scenarios they were in before changing and looking for other opportunities. If you did write a book, what would you share? That's a great question, Kim. And I, I think what I would share are the things that helped me navigate through my career. Um, such as uh, finding a mentor, um, finding a sponsor, uh, having a, a certain sense of curiosity about the business uh, that you're in, networking, um, and never missing a networking opportunity, and and I'd say showing up, you know, which I think is is important because a lot of times there are things that you may think are not worth your time, or you're not interested, or you're tired. Uh, but you never know who you're going to meet that can have influence on your career or influence on the next big contract or help you navigate to uh, someone that you want to meet. So I think I would uh, I would definitely talk about the things that helped me get to where I am um, and share those experience with those that uh, that aspire to do more in their either careers or uh, or personal life or uh, or as entrepreneurs. Has anyone ever approached you to write a book? Just you. 
that's what I do. <laughs> but I, but I have I have had a lot of people. Um, so within UPS, we have these business resource groups, and so I've had an op- I've been invited on numerous occasions to talk to the business resource groups about my career and things that you know led to my success. Uh, and then I've had some opportunities, you know, smaller opportunities outside of that. To, uh, to share my story. So, for example, you mentioned Black Enterprise Magazine. Um, I was featured in, in a series they used to do with executives, and uh, it basically chronicled my career and the things that that, uh, that led to my success. It was it was aired uh, in uh, 2013, so shortly after I was uh, I made their list in 2012. And so they did a small feature on me on a, on a TV show that they used to run. Uh, once a week. And so it was an opportunity for me to talk about my story and, and the things that led to my success and and uh, in my current role that I had at the time uh, within the company. When you can get your story out to so many people that wouldn't have access to you normally, it's really a wonderful gift. So let's talk about the pandemic because we're we're doing this in the pandemic and we have to mention that and it's been like a pull forward of 3 years and 7 months right so tell me yeah. more about like what that conversation's going to continue to look like cuz this isn't going away no unfortunately it's not so i think the first and foremost thing that everyone has to uh, to think about is is their personal safety so that means you know wearing a mask social distancing where possible using hand sanitizer, and exercising basic common sense. The pandemic does not uh, discriminate and, uh, and is still here and it will be here for, uh, for some time. So I think that's first and foremost. I think um, on the business front, you, you have to really think about, you know, how do I uh, pivot my business if I'm, if I'm more on the traditional brick and mortar side? Uh, how do I create demand for what I'm doing? And how do I how do I make it to the other side? Because at some point we are going to come out of this. And so the, the advice that we've been giving to uh, to at least small business owners is is think about how you can reimagine your business. And so uh, to give an example, I had a conversation uh, not too long ago with a uh, a woman business owner that that owns and and has a uh, company that sells exercise and yoga apparel to gyms in the Chicago area. Well, her business was basically a, you know, door-to-door sales. And so she had to pivot very quickly, set up an online store and, and move her business online to digital. And then at the same time, think about how to create demand for her products and services, leveraging social media channels such as Facebook and Instagram, et cetera. So that's, a, uh, you know, I think a good example of a, uh, a small business that, uh, has pivoted and is now more relevant and thriving uh, prior to the pandemic. So, so a big part of it, I think, is, and not just for business, but you know, reimagine what's possible. And it, it, I think, you know, if you think about it, it's kind of coincidence that we have this pandemic and calls for racial justice in the year of 2020. And if you think about you know, 2020 is hindsight, is perfect vision, is clarity, and so I think it's caused us as a country, as a as a as a as a as a world, to think different about about everything. Um, 
in terms of, you know, how we work, how we go to school, uh, how we live. And uh, it, it, to me, it's just it's really ironic that uh, these two things, this confluence of things happened in the year 2020. I had not heard someone ever say that about 20. I had not even thought about it like that. That's incredible. What a what a wonderful way to end our interview talking about reimagining our future. I love that story. It's pivoting. It's getting curious. It brings in everything you were talking about for success. And I'm looking forward to where UPS and you take us in 2021. And thank you so much for your time today. Kim, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. This was fantastic. You've been listening to You Should Write a Book About That. If you enjoyed our episode, tell a friend to listen, subscribe, and review on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And a big shout out to our listeners on CastBox, where you can leave a comment and I will personally respond.